Tilma, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. This is The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Doing all right. Yes, a very early drive show because of our international cricket commitments, as you heard, coming your way at four o'clock this afternoon. Wherever you may be listening on uh, SEN Track 657, SEN Spirit 621 in Bunbury in the southwest, SEN Kalgoorlie 1611 on the DAB Plus digital radio at SEN Peel or SEN WA on the SEN app. Great to have your company. I'm here till 3 o'clock. Then it's a short, abbreviated version of the run home between 3 and 4. But you can still get involved at the temperate bedshed text machine 0487. 736736, 736. bedshed experts in temper mattresses, pillows and adjustable bases. Check the range of temper products in store or visit bedshed.com.au or you can also join us on the Scarborough Toyota open line. Call 13 12 55. Just before we get moving, get behind the Perth Wildcats this season. They take on the Illawarra Hawks this weekend after a big win against Brisbane to kick off the season. Uh, if you want to get your tickets, head to Ticketek. Dot com dot au now. So that's the Wildcats. Get your season tickets. Ticketech.com.au now. What's coming up on the program? We're going to have a bit of motorsport later on because there's a bit happening. We've got Bathurst 1000. Even though the Supercar Championship has been done and dusted, it's the final Holden v Ford battle at Bathurst this weekend. Shane Van Gisbergen, as we know, has all but wrapped up the uh, Drivers' Championship. But I reckon uh, there'll be an all-for-nothing race for the uh, rest of the field this weekend. <laughs> so I look forward to uh, focusing on motorsport and also Daniel Ricciardo, of course, on the back end of what was his best performance in F1 racing last weekend. But today, we're going to speak to a gentleman who posted on social media this morning. And I'll just quote from that posting. Yesterday was my last day at the West Australian. I have spent 37 of the last 40 years working for the West or affiliated papers. The plan is for me to write one last column on Saturday. And thanks to everyone who has helped me in my career. Talking about very respected football journalist, chief footy writer at the West Australian for many years, Mark Duffield joins us on Drive with Peter Vlahos here this afternoon. Duff, uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Pete. I think my official title now is former chief. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what, there's been a huge reaction to that post this morning. The amount of people that have jumped on board to wish you the best uh, going forward uh, has been quite incredible. You must be uh, pretty humble in some ways to get that much feedback from people that you've connected with over the years. Oh, mate, I'm feeling the opposite of humble. I've got my chest out. I'm, I'm thinking of running for five years. No, it's, um, it's, been, it's been lovely and um, um, uh, to hear from so many people. And, um, yeah, it's great. But I suppose if you've been doing it that long, I guess you you sort of like come across a few people, don't you? Oh, you it's certainly very do. Nice, very nice to see. So what I'd like to do, Duff, is just in the next uh, few minutes, just reflect on what has been a... An incredible career, chasing all the big stories, speaking to all the big uh, football names in this country for many, many years. But just going back to Mark Duffield, born and bred around the Narragin region. Is that correct? I think you went to school in Narragin. Tell us about your early days. 
No, I grew up in Darkin, um, so which is a town between Collie and Williams, um, and uh, it's a little farming community. Um, I, I I went to school in Darkin from years one to year ten, and then I, I went to Narragin and boarded the Narragin Hostel for years eleven and twelve, and uh, and they were great years. It's not often that you have that many friends around you as when you're in a hostel situation with kids your own age and um, that was a really uh, a great time for me and um, and did a lot to shape me as a person. Saying that, you've uh, even now in your latter years and, you know, you're a mature person now, you've still kept that connection with the country. You enjoy going back whenever you can. Um, yeah, I don't get down there as often as I'd like to, um, but, I, but I'm very much a country boy at heart. I think once you're sort of um, you get those values that country people do have, I think they tend to stay with you and, um, and you know, you treasure those sort of things because I think they are um, real salt of the earth values and that's, um, um, they're important to me. So, yeah, I, I, um, I still have a brother um, who runs the family farm and, and um, he's the father of Paul Duffield, the former Fremantle player, and Paul, Paul's gone home and he's on the family farm as well. So... Um, that's always great to get back there, and that, that is the place that more than any other place in the world feels like home. So you eventually came up to Perth. Was it for schooling? Was it for university? Was it for a job? What led Mark Duffield to the big smoke? Well, actually, so when I was 18, uh, it was 1982, and um, I wanted to come to Perth and play football um, for South Fremantle, they were keen to get me down, and Mick Moylan was their recruiter at the time. And um, so the week I was supposed to move up, I'd actually I dropped off a resume at the Southwest Times in Bunbury um, in December uh, 1981, I reckon, when I got my TAE results back, and um, I just dropped them in there um, uh, out at Profit Street in Bunbury. And the week before I was due to come down to play for. South from Annal and moved down. Um, I got offered the first cadetship at the Southwest Times, and uh, my father sat me down and he had a good talk to me. And of course, football back then wasn't fully professional anyway. And um, he, he pointed out that one of these things was a sport, and the other was a job that may lead to a career, and um, and that uh, I should be taking the job, which I did. And um, Judging by the football I played after that point, I made the right decision. <laughs> so why journalism and why sport writing, why sport reporting? Uh, was it in your blood? Were you keen to do it or just uh, it fell by chance your way? Oh, I've always been a sports junkie. I've always been one of those guys who picks up the newspaper and turns to the back. Um, and I, I grew up reading people like, you know, Jeff Christian and Ken Casellas and... Um, the great Colin Hopkins, the great sports writers of the of the West Australian. Um, I was actually a general news reporter um, for quite some time. At the Southwest Times, you sort of do everything, uh, and I did some sport reporting, but also um, a lot of news reporting as well. I, I was there in 82, 83, 84. In December 1984, I moved to Perth and started work with a um, a sort of a weekly supplement that was um, the West was putting out at the time called the West Advertiser. Um, and then in mid-1985, I was um, uh, brought on to the main reporting staff at the West Australian, and I was a, I was a general news reporter. Um, I went to Melbourne as the junior reporter in the Melbourne Bureau in mid-86 and stayed until mid-87. And then I actually left and went back and worked on the family farm for three years. I didn't actually become a football writer until 1992. 
um, and Robert Taylor went down to become the sports editor and Robert and I had worked in the bureau in Melbourne together and, and Robert wanted me with him as the as a football writer and, and I've pretty much been a football writer since then. 1992, pretty famous year, wasn't it? What a, what a year to come into it. Yeah, it's fantastic. And I, I still remember that day. And In fact, I'm writing one last column um, for the West on Saturday and, and the 1992 grand final and Peter Matera will be a part of that column. And um, uh, that was a big day for West Australia and a big day for... Um, for wagering people, and of course, Darkens only 60 k's from wagering. And, and when I was growing up, I was I was playing footy against Wally Matera um, in home and away matches, and we used to play together in association junior games. So um, was very familiar with the Matera family. Saying that was Peter Matera your favourite AFL player, certainly on this side of the country. A lot of people tend to sort of rank the West Coast Eagles greats. You'd have Matera right up there, I gather. I always think that Chris Judd is the greatest ever eagle. Like, he's the one that... Um, uh, well, sorry, the best ever eagle. There are probably others that, because of longevity, maybe um, go past him for greatness. But he was the best player, I think, ever to play for West Coast. But certainly, Matera um, is yeah in that short list of four or five players. And I think that that game, I mean, who kicks five goals off a wing in any game, let alone in a grand final? And... Um, and they weren't just five ordinary goals either. Three of them were absolutely unbelievable goals, really. So, um, uh, yeah, he was, you know, certainly one of the most watchable players of his time. It was certainly a phenomenal period, that early 90s, two premierships in 92, 94. Then the Dockers came in in 95. You mentioned about the family link to the Fremantle Dockers uh, with your nephew. Uh, I gather... Did you have a bit of a soft spot for Frio when they got into the competition? Or was it or difficult to, of course... Be, remain unbiased knowing there was another big animal in the football, football community here in Perth? It's, it's very difficult to avoid the perception of bias in Perth, I think, because most people are either one or the other and um, uh, and it's a very parochial city. I, I like to think that I um, trod down the middle somewhere. I, I am a Fremantle person. I, I make no secret of that. I, I was a West Coast supporter right up until grand final day in 1994. And um, I knew that the minute the Fremantle came, came in, they would be the team closest to my heart. And, uh, um, uh, and yeah, that's always stayed the same. And it was probably only enhanced a little bit when Paul started um, playing for them. But certainly you cannot not respect um, what West Coast has done. They've been a great club over a long period of time. And um, those 92 and 94 flags are, are among my fonder football memories. You mentioned some of those great uh, football writers of the past, you know, the Colin Hopkins, the Jeff Christians, you know, Ray Wilsons and others that have been uh, have been here and spent a lot of time writing, particularly for the West Australian and, of course, the, the Sunday Times. Mark Duffield, you've certainly been behind the old typewriter when you first started. Of course, now as technology has taken uh, journalism forward. But has it become more difficult as you've gone along or did you enjoy particularly in those early days before social media, the chase? Yeah, I think that was the great days of newspapers were probably even before mobile phones. Um, And your best way of getting a story was to go out and be amongst the people that were likely to give you a story. And that's when reporters were very gregarious and social and, um, you know, often stories were sort of shared, you know, around hotel bars and across the table at restaurants and, and those sorts of things. Um, so that was a lot of fun. I think the 
I was very fortunate. I think that my developmental time as a journalist was very much the golden era of newspapers, I think, and that was in the 80s and probably even into the 90s. And I was very lucky that I worked under great newspaper people. You know, Don Smith was my first editor at the West Australian, um, Paul Murray um, and Bob Cronin were the people that got me back to journalism after I'd spent three years on the farm. And you mentioned Ray Wilson. Ray Wilson saved my career because I left the West very briefly to go to work at The Australian in 2003 and didn't like it and felt like I'd blown my career by leaving the West Australian. And Ray Wilson got me back and brought me back into the fold. And uh, I'm eternally grateful to Ray for that. Otherwise, I wouldn't be sitting here today. Mm. Mark Duffield, who will write his final column after an outstanding career of journalism for the West Australian the Sunday Times, and uh, as he mentioned, he spent some time at the Australian as well, starting, of course, in the Bunbury office in the Southwest Times. Duff, what stories gave you the most satisfaction? Oh, look, I'm a lot of journos are all about the big yarn. I'm, I'm kind of, I love the game, and so I don't remember the story so much as the games and the best games, and. Um, um, and so, you know, I talked about Materia's performance in 92. Um, I think about the great Western Derbies. I think about the um, the Derby in 2006 when Paul Hazelby slotted the goal with less than a minute left to give um, Fremantle victory. The, the Hayden Ballantyne shot after the siren in 2011 when he hit the post. Um, you know, those games, I think, um, they meant an enormous amount to West Australians and they were just great to cover. Uh, my One of my favourite games ever was the... Um, the 1999 preliminary final when um, Carlton beat Essendon, when Essendon went in as odds-on favourite. And, and um, Fraser Brown if he'd gone around, he would have shot to win the game. And um, one of the best games of footy I ever saw was um, the West Coast Hawthorne mm. uh, elimination final in 1992 at Subiaco Oval. I still remember that game. And that was probably the start of Peter Matera's run in that final series. Matera in the last quarter, he'd been going hammer and tongs against Darren Pritchard on a wing uh, for three quarters. And then in the last quarter, Matera just went to a level no one else on the ground could get to and pretty much decided the game for West Coast. Um, That's a very fond memory as well. It's interesting, uh, Mark Duffield, what you're saying. Saying that, there's been some interesting times in AFL football and football here in Perth, Western Australia. I saw him actually at the WAFL Grand Final on Saturday and he looked a picture of health and looked outstanding. We're talking about Ben Cousins. When that was going down around the West Coast Eagles uh, about 15, 16 years ago, how difficult was it to cover and how disturbing was it to cover from a football perspective? Well, it was actually um, difficult for me on a personal level because Ben had been writing a column for the West Australian right up until um, 2004, and I was his ghostwriter. So I was meeting Ben on a, you know, uh, it wasn't a weekly column. I think I think one week we'd do a, um, a West Coast person and the next week we'd do a Fremantle person. I think it probably once every fortnight, Ben and I would sit down at a cafe and have a conversation and then we'd produce a column out of it. So, yeah, Ben and I had a relationship and um, as a, you know, sports writer and sportsman and... Uh, um, so to see that happen and to report on it was very tough. And I remember writing a story um, midway through 2005 where I called for Ben Cousins to hand back the captaincy or 
West Coast to take it off him because it became clear that his life away from football had simply got to a point where he couldn't be the leader on field of of a club that meant as much in the WA public as West Coast did. Um, that was tough, and um, uh, but I, you know, what I would say is that you know the passing of time, I guess, and, and Ben, um, as you said, he, he looks great now and. Um, I remember finishing up a radio show at the ABC and driving around the corner into St George's Terrace and he was coming out of a cafe with a coffee in his hand and and, uh, and I pulled up and stopped and we had a great chat and uh, he, he looked a picture of health at that time. He's looked a picture of health ever since and it was just such a pleasing thing to see um, and such a pleasing thing to be able to talk to him again and, um, yeah, it's fantastic. But that was a, yeah, that was a really tough time. I think West Coast would say, in hindsight, it was a tough time internally and one they could have handled differently. Um, and uh, it was certainly a very tumultuous time in the football media in Perth. As we've mentioned, uh, nearly four decades, which is quite incredible when you look at it, Mark. It's a testimony to your uh, resilience, your perseverance and your expertise that you've lasted the journey because it is uh, a cutthroat business of media as we all know and uh, you've been exceptional in the way you've written stories and certainly people have been educated and informed uh, through your writing from the time you got into AFL footy to where it is now where you leave it for the time being what has been the most significant change for you um, I think the big TV rights deals which have meant the game has been able to become full-time and um, I think the result of that has been the coaches have been able to train players differently. And some of that has been for the better and some of that has been probably the game has become a bit overcoached and we've had things like these press defences and uh, a lot of numbers around the ball and, and those sorts of things which have made the game, I think, probably not quite as good to watch as it has been. But having said that, the flip side of that is... Um, I'm not one of these people that believes the skill level has, has dipped or anything like that. I think it's gone the other way. And I think if you go back and watch the games of the 80s and 90s, you can see that players can do things with the ball now that they couldn't have possibly done back in those days. Um, and I think the stand rule, while a lot of people don't like it, um, that's been introduced over the last couple of years, I think that's brought back ball movement and the game has become more attractive to watch. And I think the other thing uh, that we can't underestimate the significance of is that women's football has, has been, you know, there's a revolution going under um, underway uh, with women's football and it's very much uh, a product in development. Um, but the fact that everyone gets to play now and it's not just young boys, but young girls who aspire to play football, I think that's a significant factor. And I think it'll be a significant factor as much as anywhere, it'll be a significant factor in the frontier states like Queensland and New South Wales. My understanding is that women's football in Queensland in particular is absolutely booming and that can only be a good thing for the game, both men's and women's in that state. And hopefully a similar things happen in, uh, in Sydney and particular the, the western suburbs of Sydney because I think that will be a great thing for the code there. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, Duff, as we let you go, just in brief, um, will you miss the job or was it time to move on? Well, I'm hoping to um, sort of like maybe move into a different phase of um, of uh, my career, which may still involve being, you know, in the media and maybe even the football media. So we'll wait and see what pans out there, Pete. Um, it's a long time to be at one place. And also I would think it's fair to say that newspapers are undergoing 
significant change and the environment requires significant change and you have to make a decision as to whether you want to be involved in that and they have to make decisions as to whether a person at my age can make the necessary adjustments to allow them to be involved in that. So these are all tough calls for everyone to make. Um, I'm comfortable with this. And um, we'll wait and see what happens. Hopefully there's one more good work adventure in front of me, mate. I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is, Duff. Uh, thanks very much for joining us, mate. I could talk to you for a long more t- a lot uh, longer, let me tell you, but it's been great to get an insight into your philosophies and where it all started and uh, where it's all ended. But it's been a heck of a journey. Thanks for joining us this afternoon and we'll hopefully catch up very soon. Good on you, Pete. Thanks. Good on you. Bye. Mark Duffield joining us here on uh, Drive, the early drive show with Peter Vlahos. Back with more in a moment.